Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Let's talk about criminal trial dates for Donald Trump. Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis filed a motion for scheduling order in the new sprawling criminal criminal RICO case filed against Donald Trump and 18 co-defendants in Fulton County, Georgia. In it, Fawny Willis is requesting that trial start on... March 4th, 2024. That's a few weeks before the Manhattan District Attorney criminal case against Donald Trump for illegal hush money payments to Stormy Daniels, which is set to start March 25th of 2024. Speaking of trial dates, we previously reported here at the Midas Touch Network that Special Counsel Jack Smith was requesting that trial in the Washington, D.C. federal criminal case against Donald Donald Trump for crimes relating to the 2020 election commence on January 2nd, 2024. But moments ago, before we went live, Donald Trump filed an opposition brief before Judge Tanya Chutkin requesting that trial start in April 2026. Donald Trump is clearly trolling and intentionally disrespecting and trying to provoke Judge Tanya Chutkin with this very unserious request. And as we delve into the brief, there's some really inflammatory language in this. A trial setting conference is before Judge Chutkin on August 28th. I think she will bring down the hammer. Donald Trump is getting more and more desperate more and more dangerous, more and more weird, and his social media posts basically daily chronicle his malignant, narcissistic, sociopathic, pathological decline, and it's reached even further depths of depravity. Donald Trump started this morning by attacking Fox for posting photos of him that he says makes him look Fat and orange, Trump then reposted a message from a right-wing extremist saying that he could charge prosecutors like Jack Smith and Fawny Willis with RICO crimes for prosecuting him if he is elected. And then Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene teamed up on social media and they were calling Trump's former attorney general Bill Barr, yes, the Bill Barr, a traitor. They called him a traitor and blamed him for Hunter Biden's laptop or something like that. Not surprisingly, we've learned that Trump has refused to pay all of the co-defendant lawyers who helped him spread the election lies for which he raised hundreds of millions of dollars. Apparently, in the past few months, people like Rudy Giuliani have been showing up at Mar-a-Lago begging Donald Trump to get paid, but Trump has flatly refused, instead paying the lawyers lawyers who are defending Trump in the criminal and civil cases, as well as the witness lawyers in those cases as well. And 
back to normal world where the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania's Democratic governor, Josh Shapiro, signed a bill including funding for breakfast at all Pennsylvania public schools, and President Biden commemorated the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act, actually doing things for the American people. This and more on the Midas Touch podcast. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Brett and Jordy Micellis, and we are so thrilled to announce this week, we can make it official now, that we have a new editor-in-chief, our first editor-in-chief at MidasTouch.com. Ron Filipkowski made the official announcement earlier in the day. There was a great Politico article on it as well. We are honored to have Ron Filipkowski lead an incredible team of writers, digital researchers, and editors at the new homepage for all things pro-democracy, MidasTouch.com. Something we've been working on for quite some time, and it's so incredible to see it out there in the world. Brett and Jordy, how are you? I'm doing great. I am so excited about the launch of MidasTouch.com, and I am so thankful for the incredible response that we've received from the Midas Mighty out there. Uh, the amount of views that we are getting on the site, we are already competing and being beating some of the major players in the game. Our stories are being updated constantly throughout the day, so there is always something new. You will never miss out on a moment. We are getting all the legal filings up there as it happens. I think we are building something really incredibly special, and with Ron Filipkowski at the helm as editor-in-chief, this website is in such good hands to deliver all the info you need. Frankly, the info that the mainstream media used to check uh, on Twitter for and on social media for that they would then run with in their primetime hours. We got all the people who actually get that information from the source, mm -hmm. getting the information directly to you all. So thank you so much for the support. I feel like every day now, though, I'm just waking up and I'm like, okay, who did this guy threaten again? Is he threatening a judge now? Is he threatening a witness? He just keeps digging his hole deeper. You know, he keeps descending even more into madness, even when you think he's reached as low as he could go. You just know he could still go lower and we'll get into all that. But first, I want to see how Jordy's doing today. I'm doing good. Both you guys right out the gate coming in hot. Do you do you guys need my inhaler? I mean, seriously, Ben, with that introduction, there's a lot to cover tonight. I'm pretty excited. Uh, really pumped about the show. Really pumped about the website. Uh, to Brett and Ben's point, you know, Ron's a superstar. The team, you know, uh, under Ron and working alongside Ron are just unbelievable at what they do. And so thank you guys seriously to the Midas Mighty out there. MidasTouch.com. Check it out. New stories updated. Uh, it feels like every couple minutes at this point. I can't even keep up. It's amazing. It's amazing. You can't even keep up and you're writing some of the stories. <laughs> what I love about it too is that Ron lets us write some of the stories. I mean, we can't help it as the founders of the company also that we just <laughs> want to write the stories too. So even when there's a good story, Brett or I and Jordy are like, okay, can we please write that story? And uh, Ron indulges us. But we've got a great team of writers, some great stories there. Let's get into the podcast because moments before we started, Donald Trump filed 
uh, his opposition to the trial date requested by special counsel Jack Smith. Jack Smith requested January 2nd of 2024 for the new case filed in the federal court in Washington, D.C. for Trump's crimes relating to the 2020 election. Um, and Donald Trump could have responded in a serious fashion. He could have requested a trial date, I don't know, later in 2024. He could have said, look, we can use that as a placeholder, what Jack Smith's saying, but we're probably going to need continuances. If you were being serious and you were representing someone in a serious way, that is what you would do. That's the uh, website right there where we have our story. But no, Donald Trump was not being serious at all. And he made a request for a 2026 trial date, April of 2026, essentially just trolling Judge Tanya Chutkin there, who, by the way, Judge Tanya Chutkin last Friday on August 11th warned Trump's lawyers if he continues to harass witnesses and he continues to engage in this carnival-like internet behavior, that's going to make me more inclined to set an earlier trial date. Um, so, Ultimately, there's going to be a hearing on August 28th where she's going to set the trial date with all of Donald Trump's conduct. What I suspect special counsel Jack Smith's team is going to do is just list it, go date by date and say, Judge Chutkin, on August 11th, you admonished Trump's lawyers not to engage in this conduct. You were being generous because at that time he had threatened Mike Pence. He was threatening other witnesses. Here's a list of everything that he has done since then, and it will be an extensive list. Some reason Trump's lawyers think this is a persuasive argument. They argue that the Statute of Liberty is a certain height. The Washington Monument is a certain height. And if you put all of the paperwork based on the paginated discovery produced by special counsel Jack Smith, it is significantly taller than both the Statute of Liberty and the Washington Monument combined, as though that is some sort of persuasive argument that the height of electronically stored information being taller than the Washington Monument, I don't really think that's a great explanation. I could tell you that as a litigator, somewhat more of a recovering litigator and full-time podcaster and founder <laughs> of the network now, you know, I've dealt with cases that were terabytes and terabytes of documents. You put it through an electronic discovery software, you run search terms, and you're able to deal with it. You put a staff together, especially Donald Trump, who's spending over $40 million in legal fees in the past six months. Seems like an entirely frivolous argument to make, judging the discovery obligations by the height of electronically stored. And you didn't learn so that one in law school, Ben? It's always size. It's always, you know, you know who talks about size? People who are really, really incompetent about something. <laughs> <laughs> that was right on QB. Brett just showed up uh, the MidasTouch.com website of our story on this. And uh, Brett made a fantastic yeah, Donald Trump graphic. And I see a lot of people noting that we, we, we choose the best pictures of Donald Trump. And we'll get into some of his complaints about that shortly as well. But yeah, Brett, in my civil procedure class, though, first year of law school, they didn't say if the height 
of the electronically stored information discovery production exceeds the height of the Statute of Liberty. If you try to overthrow the United States democracy, your trial date should be substantially delayed. I may have missed that chapter in CivPro, although I did win the CivPro Award for best grade of the class. Look at that. Even 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 by missing that day. Well, congrats, Ben. You missed that day, and I still wasn't on wasn't on the exam. Fortunately, wasn't in the curriculum. I guess (laughs) I I, I don't know what they were teaching there. But clearly, you didn't get the real law. You didn't go to the Trump University Law Mm. School, is what I'm hearing about. I mean, Judge Chuckin throughout this whole process, she's already proven to be a no nonsense law and order judge. And honestly, she's been handling both sides, I think, very firmly and fairly. Donald Trump has continued to ramp up his threats. Those threats on multiple occasions now have been brought to the attention of Judge Chutkin. Judge Judge Chutkin, say that uh, 10 times quickly. At the previous hearing, she had raised these concerns to Donald Trump's attorneys and like you said, warned them, you know what? If you, if your client continues to threaten witnesses, continues to make these threats against prosecutors, I'm going to be forced to move this trial up. So now knowing that she's already threatened, to move the trial up due to Donald Trump's threats, knowing that she's already seen Donald Trump's behavior day in and day out, seeing Jack Smith's motion and his explanation for why he believes January 2nd, not of 2026, but of this coming year to be a fair date, putting all that together. I have to imagine when Judge Chutkin sees this filing from the Trump team, sees this proposal, that she is just going to view it with such disdain and maybe even laugh at it because it is just so absurd and ridiculous. I just personally do not see how this will endear a guy who has already been a thorn in the back of this judge, how it will endear this guy with the judge any further and make this judge take Trump and his legal team seriously at all. It well, you know, like the strategy is not even this. trying to endear. The strategy is not let's exist within the law and order four corners of the American judicial system, right? It isn't. It's attack the judge, attack the prosecutors, attack the witnesses, abolish the prosecutors, abolish the Department of Justice, abolish the FBI, rip apart the institutions, destroy it, and in its place, put up a Trump fascist model. That that is what he's actually running on. If you can kind of separate all of the ranting and raving, what the MAGA Republicans are like is, look, we're done with democracy. We want strong man, and we want it to be the little fascist baby toddler who's not strong at all. That's what the MAGA Republicans want. And these posts by Donald Trump that we'll talk about, these threats by him have real world consequences. When he engages in the stochastic terrorism that it does, guess what? It stokes terrorism. That is something that takes place. And it has real world repercussions. Just look, a Trump supporter, Abigail Joe Shry of Alvin, Texas, she was just arrested for threatening to kill Judge Tanya Chutkin. She left threatening voice messages on Judge Chutkin's phone full of expletives. And I could just say this, since we launched the Midas Touch Network, 
I could only imagine what Judge Chutkin is going through because, right. Brett, you've got those messages. Jordy, you've got those messages. I get those threatening messages. And Donald Trump has only rarely, if a few times, kind of directly done the Midas touch attack. Every day going after Judge Chutkin, these cult members listen to it, they follow it, and they attack these people. You know, we were talking about on the last podcast episode, the terrorist in Utah who was killed by the FBI after he threatened to kill President Biden as President Biden was talking about benefits brought by the Infrastructure Act and some of his policies in Utah, parroting the exact same language yeah. that Donald Trump uses on his social media platform. So yes, now Judge Tanya Chuckin has to have around-the-clock security because people are trying to cause her serious harm, and Donald Trump and his supporters think that's funny. They're stoking that. Same thing with special counsel Jack Smith. Then Trump goes after the husbands, the wives, the significant others, and he tries to intentionally put a target on these people's back. I mean, by the way, even like Republicans, right? Like Rusty Bowers, who used to be the uh, in the House of Representatives in Arizona, right? He used to be, he was like as conservative as you get. You don't get more conservative than Rusty Bowers, right? In Arizona, death threats that were provoked and caused by MAGA Republicans. There, you know, Rusty Bowers is a rhino. Bill Barr is a rhino. The same types of threats with Chutkin we see with grand jurors in Georgia. As mm -hmm. well, we see that, you know, all of Donald Trump's attack on the process and because Georgia's transparency laws are such that the identities of the grand jurors actually get published in the indictment. Now there's a situation where those transparency laws actually cause a great deal of harm. And you go back to what Judge Lewis Kaplan did in the E. Jean Carroll case, where Donald Trump was adjudicated to be a sexual predator, to be a sexual abuser, or as the judge says, a rapist as the term is used. Judge Kaplan made it a classified confidential jury. He kept the jury confidential and secret because he knew that this type of thing would happen. And so the Fulton County Sheriff's Department had to release a statement saying that they're aware of these threats. They're doing everything they can to protect the grand jurors, and they will take all steps to hold people accountable who engage in that conduct. That's real-world consequences, serious consequences, disgusting and disturbing consequences of a modern-day MAGA Republican movement that is fascist and violent. And what's so frustrating about this to me, Ben, is just like, there's a pattern of behavior here, which I don't know, people in the main, the legacy media just continue to choose to ignore from Donald Trump when he does these threatening messages. Look no further than January 6th, for God's sake. I mean, it, he's proven himself to be a completely unhinged lunatic when it comes to not being able to control what he says over social media. And he realizes the consequences, the real world impacts that it will have on people's lives, on this country, on the very fabric of our democracy. And yet he continues to do it. And it blows my mind that people just let him pass and let it slide. But uh-uh, his time's coming. What say you, Brett? Brett, what do you say? But in order for you to say it, Brett, you have to turn your mic on. That's the trick. We have to try. You have to, the, the, the trick is it's got to be on. Yikes. Yikes. It blows my mind that people still at this point in time are willing to go to prison for this man who would not lift a finger to help them. So many people's lives have been completely ruined by pledging their loyalty, which is a one-way street to Donald Trump. 
Trump drops people the second they become useless to him. The second, the second. He does not give a damn. And you have all of these people across the country who are willing to give up their entire lives, their family, everything they may have worked for in their lives to go and threaten a judge on Donald Trump's behalf so they could spend time in jail or in prison. I mean, uh-huh. how absurd is this? And you had a lot of investigators and researchers tracking some of these threats. And there was a report that on one of these pro-Trump sites, one of these commentators, one of these Trump fans, these MAGA fans wrote, quote, the These jurors have signed their death warrant by falsely indicting President Trump. I mean, it's truly sick stuff. Trump knows that it's happening. His people knows that it's happening and they are playing into it and they are trying to stoke it and they are continuing to fan the flames. If prison is not fit for Donald Trump, prison is not fit for anybody. Like Hmm. prisons were made for people like Donald Trump, who is simply put the most dangerous figure this country may have ever seen at this point. And something needs to be done about the chaos, about the rhetoric and about the constant ramping up of these attacks against the United States of America. And you have people around Trump, the Steve Bannons, the Mike Flynn's, the Roger Stones, all these other criminals and co-conspirators in other areas. You have them outwardly stating their plans. We played the clip on the show on the Midas Touch podcast just, I think, like a week ago, or maybe it was the last episode, where Bannon was saying that when Trump gets into office, his plan is to turn the DOJ, the new building that they're building into a prison, and they want to lock up everyone at the Justice Department and create their own government and throw away all. I mean, they're telling you what they're doing. They want to create a fascist government. Let's not pretend like any of this is normal and like he's running like he's a some sort of serious, normal presidential candidate. It's it's not. And, and covering it that way is simply misleading. Couldn't agree more with you, Brett. And it feels like it was many weeks ago, but I, it was Monday or, or, or perhaps even Tuesday, you know, shortly, I think it was Tuesday, it was shortly after Donald Trump was indicted in Fulton County, Georgia. He posted on his social media that he was uh, preparing to hold a press conference where he was going to prove that the 2020 election was stolen. He was going to spread more lies, which, as Trump's own former White House lawyer Ty Cobb pointed out, Trump doing that and spreading more lies could in and of itself constitute obstruction of justice, right? And so here's what Trump posted on his social media platform, a large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud, which took place in Georgia is almost complete and will be presented by me at a major news conference at 11 a.m. on Monday of next week in Bedminster, New Jersey. Based on the results of this conclusive report, all charges should be dropped against me and others. There will be a complete exoneration. They never went after those that rigged the election. By the way, I feel like this post itself could constitute obstruction of justice right here in and of itself. But now Trump's lawyers, based on a lot of reporting and the way Trump's lawyers have to communicate with Donald Trump is by going to the media because Donald Trump doesn't listen in any other way. So Donald Trump is now learning through media reports that his lawyers are basically saying, you cannot hold this. It will be deeply problematic 
if you do, and it could be criminal. ABC was just reporting sources close to Donald Trump's legal team, absolutely saying this would be the wrong decision. And look, you've got- Ben, I actually have an update on that right now, though, also, where Donald Trump literally just canceled the event himself. Um, in a new post that just hit uh, the wire here, he goes, rather than releasing the report on the rigged and stolen Georgia 2020 election on Monday, my lawyers would, would prefer putting this, I believe, irrefutable and overwhelming evidence of election fraud and irregularities in formal legal filings as we fight to dismiss this disgraceful indictment by a publicity and campaign finance seeking DA who sadly presides over blah, 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 blah. Therefore, the news conference is no longer necessary. So headline, Trump chickened out after his lawyers told him, if you do this, you're going to be hit with even more criminal charges. And Trump balked. That's what we just saw. Well, it's so interesting that that just happened right now as I was discussing that. But like, how many times is it like infrastructure week is coming? It doesn't happen. The healthcare plan is coming. It doesn't happen. All of the things they say over and over and over again are constant lies. It's just a nonstop cycle of lies. Like, and as, and as I said, like remember the MAGA Republicans, what was it, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? It, it all kind of blends together. They were like, we've got, we've got 17 audio recordings of President Biden engaging in bribery when he was the former vice president. We've got it. New York Post covered it. Fox covered it. Then large legacy media covered the fact that all these other people were covering it. And what do we say here? Look, if there's really audio recordings, that's a big problem. But I don't think that's the case. I think they're referring to something that was already debunked several years ago and that there are no audio recordings, right? And then sure enough, there are no audio recordings at all. Just made it up. Just lied about 17 fake audio recordings. Never even existed. Then they talk about, we got the whistleblower. Where's the whistleblower? Dead. We got another whistleblower. Where's this whistleblower? missing. Okay, you got another whistleblower. Where, where, where's the whistleblower? Oh, well, actually, the whistleblower is a Russian oligarch and doesn't agree with what we're saying at all anymore uh, as well. Okay, you've got another whistleblower. Okay, where's that whistleblower? Well, he's an agent of China. He's actually a spy of the CCP. That's what's really going on here. Brett, it's insane over and over again. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely insane. And you see James Comer every single day still going on TV, still trying to make up new ways to try to get Joe Biden. They always float these incredibly provocative things and then they go, all right, just give me some time to give you the evidence. Just bring me some time to give you the evidence. And then finally the time comes to give the evidence. And like you said, the person's dead. They're missing. They, they can't be found, et cetera. It goes on, it goes on. I'm still curious. I'm still looking for those 17 audio recordings that they said. They said they were going to be released least imminently a President Biden. And these activities were going to take down the Biden regime, Ben. That's what I heard. And <laughs> and I and but they haven't been able to show me the tape. I just want to hear the tapes, Comer. I just want to hear the tapes, Kevin, and Jim Jordan. Where are the tapes? Just just show me the tapes. I, I, I would like to hear. You can't even produce AI like fake tapes. Like they, these people are so <laughs> don't give them don't give them the ideas, B. Don't give them the ideas. <laughs> they- so utterly incompetent. It is such 
a clown show and they have access to all of these weird right-wing media networks that simply are there to deceive and lie to their viewers about literally <laughs> and i want to show in a little bit like this uh, cudlaw interview on fox it, it was horrific and like just fox serving as this non-stop propaganda lie spewing lies is just so utterly utterly despicable we'll show you that we'll show you some of donald trump's posts but also Fulton county district attorney as i mentioned at the outset phony willis is requesting a march 4th 2024 trial date for the sprawling racketeering criminal case brought against uh, Donald Trump and 18 other co-defendants who compromise or comprise rather that criminal enterprise. Try saying that a few times uh, quickly. And that would be a few weeks before the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal case, where that case is now set for March 25th of 2024. Special Counsel Jack Smith is requesting his trial date January 2nd, 2024 for the Washington, D.C. case. Judge Eileen Cannon has scheduled for now the willful retention of national defense information at Mar-a-Lago case for May of 2024. New York Attorney General Letitia James civil fraud case against Donald Trump is scheduled for October of 2023, specifically October 2nd of 2023. Also in January, you have E. Jean Carroll's other defamation case against Donald Trump scheduled for January 2024. And you've got a multi-level marketing scheme class action against Donald Trump, also scheduled for January of 2024. I know all of these Trump trial dates, but they're all going to happen fast and furious right now. And once we get to October, it's going to be trial, 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 trial. And Judge Eileen Cannon, for all of her chicanery, for all of her corruption and all of the mistakes and errors and intentional corruption she engages in, isn't it interesting that she kind of now finds herself last in line of all of the trials? And I think if I'm special counsel Jack Smith, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? All these other cases are going first. I feel comfortable now taking some appeals for Judge Eileen Cannon's awful rulings. And mm -hmm. you already see what special counsel Jack Smith is doing. He's filed multiple what are called Garcia motions before Judge Eileen Cannon, pointing out that the various lawyers for the co-defendant, Walty Nauta's co-defendant, um, as well as the other co-defendant, Carlos De Oliveira, that their lawyers, Stan Woodward and John Irving, they're actually co-counsel in the case representing Peter Navarro, and they each represent numerous witnesses. They're paid by Trump's PAC, and they represent witnesses who want to testify against the co-defendants that they represent. So you've got the Garcia motions filed by special counsel Jack Smith. You've got Judge Eileen Cannon on her own making the party's brief issues about the grand jury in Washington, D.C. that still is receiving evidence because she probably heard about it on Fox. You've got this SEPA um, hearing that is going to be taking place under the Classified Information Protection Act. Um, 
Judge Cannon didn't realize that that had to be done under seal. So today she's like, oops, I'm going to take that hearing off calendar and we're going to do that under seal. But it was clearly she had no clue what she's doing because she's been striking the filings by special counsel Jack Smith when he's been trying to file these documents under seal because of SEPA and because of grand jury secrecy. So she's all over the place and it's a mess. And special counsel Jack Smith is going to have a great body of work to bring to the 11th Circuit and say, reverse her on this, reverse her on this, remove her from the case. And even if that case gets delayed a little bit more, the other cases are going to go first. And I can say this with a great degree of certainty here. I think by March of 2024, April of 2024, the latest, you will have one of the criminal cases against Donald Trump going to jury verdict with a verdict that would put Donald Trump in prison for a substantial period of time. And you have that uh, New York Attorney General civil case, which could shut down the Trump organization from conducting business. So that's me kind of mapping out what we can expect. And I think one of the more easy ways we can all understand. But What Donald Trump doesn't understand or what he thinks that he can do is with his malignant narcissistic post, try to challenge what the judge is, what the judges are doing. He wants to challenge law and order. He's trying to threaten everybody, but that ain't going to get him anywhere. Let's talk about that and more when we come back from our first quick break. I have a big family, and that means there's usually a lot of trash left over by the time the work week comes to an end. And frankly, I used to feel a bit guilty about this, but then I got a Lomi. Now that I have a Lomi, it's changed the way I think about my food waste. First off, Lomi transforms my garbage into gold at the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps to dirt in just under four hours. Now, I love composting. Plus, it's made cooking at home even more fun. There's no more food rotting in my garbage and smelling up the kitchen. Thanks to Lomi, I only have to take out the trash once a week. And it's a hassle-free, mess-free experience. No more leaking bags. Here's something cool too. I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I feed to my plants, lawn, or garden. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane gas. I get to help the environment and make my life easier. And all the food scraps, plant clippings, and even those leftovers I forgot in the back of the fridge, they go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food right from the backyard. I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint, and by reducing the amount of food that I send to a landfill, I'm helping to do my part for this planet while also feeding my garden. Now, whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com Midas and use the promo code Midas to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to lomi.com slash Midas and use the promo code Midas at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this. Welcome back. We are live here on the Midas podcast. You know, I saw one of the comments uh, say, the world is laughing at our justice system right now. And I, 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 I disagree with that statement. I think the world is watching 
how our justice system is going to respond to Donald Trump. I think the world always looked at America's justice system as being a model for law and order that was something to be applauded, that was something to be followed, that seemed to be so strong. And of course, we knew there were systemic issues in our justice system. There are, of course, problems. It was far from perfect, far from perfect. But there was always a belief that the justice system we have, while imperfect, was one of the best ones out there. So I think the world is looking to see how will this all end? I think the world is looking with a great degree of concern as one of America's two major political parties in the Republican Party has become full-fledged fascist. And are the checks and balances, are the constitutional checks enough to stop? Will it survive the stress test that was caused? It barely survived uh, the election of 2020. Donald Trump and Republicans are trying to rip it apart. And I think the world is concerned because that could have a domino effect internationally the same way when America champions democracy that has a positive domino effect internationally. And when you see Donald Trump and these MAGA Republicans supporting people like Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin and strong men across the world, authoritarians, I think it is so important that we call it out and not normalize the behavior. As I frequently say here, there was once a time where if a high-level politician spelled, not even a high-level politician, a politician spelled a simple word wrong, like a vice president who spells potato wrong, or a politician who goes, woo, we're going to the you know, like whatever. <laughs> the way it morphs nobody, into something please, totally different every time. Please, always, nobody clip that moment of Ben and send it to me. Just don't. Definitely don't do that. Definitely <laughs> don't send it to Jordy. But there were stand. There were standards so much so that small things like that would be like, whoa, that person can't be the leader. So when we see posts like the ones that we're going to be talking about, and the media doesn't talk about it. And I don't want to hear the crap, oh, we're just ignoring him. He, he wants us to talk about it. And if, we, and if we do talk about it, we're just amplifying it. Not if you call it out. Mm. Not if you say this is fascism. Not if you say what it is. The problem with the media is that they do the holier-than-thou ivory tower. Oh, we're going to ignore him. And then Donald Trump flies in the plane that he grifts off his supporters. And what do they do? They cover it. And they cover him showing up to an event like it's normal. And then the local media, which is controlled by billion dollar, mostly by billion dollar right wing organizations and large legacy media, normalize the behavior and write these stories where it's like, yeah, that's called fascism. OK, can you just say what it is? You, you, you don't need to say that these are, oh, and Donald Trump giving the conservative talking points. Those aren't conservative talking points. Those are Hitler's talking points. Those were yeah, Nazi like talking. What are you talking? Those aren't conservative. They're trying to take away the freedoms of human beings. They're trying to dehumanize groups. Of, that, that ain't conservative. It, it, it isn't. It's disgusting. And just call it out what it is.
One of my favorites that we got recently, uh, I, I think Newsweek wrote about us recently and, and one of the stories that we broke, and they described us as a group that is often hostile to Donald Trump or a liberal group often hostile to Donald Trump. I was like, am I supposed to be nice to the guy? <laughs> like, like we're covering him honestly. <laughs> the guy is a maniac. Every single day, he threatens people. He breaks the law. He's been indicted five times. He continues to commit crimes. I'm supposed to like say, we're supposed to say glowing things about the guy. The guy is a clear and present danger. If I weren't hostile to Donald Trump, to use their words, there would be a problem. And if your coverage is not quote unquote hostile, then maybe there is a problem. But you can call it hostile. I just call it honest, telling the truth, saying what is actually happening. That's It shouldn't be hostile and you shouldn't feel the need like, oh, I need to say some nice things so people don't think I'm being hostile towards this person. No, this person is a maniac. Treat them as such. It's such an excellent point. There's such an overcorrection out there with with we need to come across like we are the utmost fair and balanced news network where you start to disregard the truth completely. And you start to label organizations like ours, like like this liberal group. Be, that's bi- super- be biased towards what's happening. That's that's I, that's where I want your bias to be. You know what that reminds me of? It's like that same person who had asked us that Newsweek article that you just referenced. That that that's like you should have Alina Habba come on your podcast and, <laughs> and counteract your truth with her statements. It's you like that's not MAGA. We're we're playing the facts. We're showing you the <laughs> clips. You're showing their words. Those are their words. Now let's you're talk like about a, the truth. a leftist group <laughs> that is hostile to Donald Trump. And I'm like, well, if you looked at my views and values, you'd probably say. That person is liberal or progressive, but I think I have views that could be viewed as conservative in a traditional sense of, I believe in trying to maintain the institutions. I believe that there should be a United States government. I believe there should be a democracy. I don't support insurrectionists. I don't think it's a good idea to sing songs with January Sixers. I I don't, I don't, why is that being a conservative viewpoint? I mean, the, the, the conservatives believe that they should use big government to control women's bodies. The, the so-called conservatives now want to use big government to tell people who they can marry and who you can love. And then the big, they go, oh, it's a state's rights issue. And then when it actually goes to the states, like, actually, we need a federal law that's going to block the people from what they want. No, you could break down all of these issues. These people are not conservative. That's why I never call MAGA Republicans conservative because it buys into this false narrative. And frankly, what's always interesting too is that, you know, while obviously our channel is viewed as a political channel, political media, if you will, the reality is, is that when I view what we're ultimately fighting for shouldn't actually be something that's espoused by one political party, like intelligence, compassion, evidence-based things, normalcy, that shouldn't be like, okay, that is what the Democratic Party does. You live, Ben. You live. (laughs) You live. You don't don't think we should sing songs with the January 6th terrorist? You live. You leftist live. You disgust me with that woke garbage. Here's something I want to ask you, though. You know, we've been seeing a lot of news about Mark Meadows trying to remove his uh, mm-hmm. case in the Georgia case from his indictment to federal court. Uh, you, you we're probably going to see other defendants try to do the same thing. First off, like, what does that mean? How does that affect the case? And, and does it change the 
dynamics of the case and that this is a state case. This is a state prosecution brought by Fulton County, Fonnie Willis. Is this anything folks should be worried about? Look, we have saw before Donald Trump try this in the Manhattan District Attorney case, right? Donald Trump tried to remove that case filed by the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, which was filed in Manhattan State Court for the hush money payments. He then filed a removal to get it into federal court. It was then briefed before Judge Alvin Hellerstein, and Judge Hellerstein said, no, there is no federal jurisdiction here. And there's a three-part test that has to be satisfied if there is federal jurisdiction. So first off, you have to be a federal officer, right? So all of the co-defendants who are not federal officers, this they cannot even make this argument. So it really kind of limits it from the outset to Donald Trump, Mark Meadows, perhaps Jeff Clark, because they can argue they were federal officers. There's a technicality of what constitutes a federal officer, but assume for the sake of argument, the same way federal judge Alvin Hellerstein did in the Southern District of New York, that they're federal officers, that Trump is, that Meadows is, that Jeff Clark is. The next question is, were they acting under the color of their official duties? Were they kind of acting in the course and scope of their constitutional authority based on what's being alleged against them? And that's where Judge Hellerstein was like, making hush money payments to a porn star is not the job of a federal officer. So nope, you don't satisfy this. And here, trying to overthrow democracy, trying to rip apart the Constitution, is probably the exact opposite of what the color of their official duties is. Also, the executive branch, it's not their role to get involved in elections at all. There is no constitutional power other than for the former vice president to actually count the electoral votes, our constitution excludes the executive branch from the elections, which are dealt with at the state level and through the electoral college. So that's ultimately the argument that Fawny Willis is going to make there. They're not acting under the color of official duties. They're trying to tear apart our constitution. And we've seen this argument before in other courts, like Judge Amit Mehta, for example, a federal judge in Washington, D.C., where Donald Trump was trying to claim immunity from the civil cases brought by people injured in the January 6th insurrection. Judge Amit Mehta said, you aren't acting in the course and scope of your official duties. You can't claim immunity. You were trying to overthrow our democracy. That may be some persuasive authority for what happens in the Northern District Federal Court of Georgia. Um, but that's the ultimate issue that's going to be brief. The third prong of the test is, does the individual, does the federal officer have a credible defense under federal law? Is there an immunity? They don't have to prove their defense, but can they assert a credible defense? And ultimately, where the judge is going to have to make Make the ruling, um, the federal judge is really going to, I think, fall on prong two. And it's before federal judge Stephen Jones, who's an Obama appointee. If the case sticks with Judge Stephen Jones, it would only be for the people who remove the case to federal court, so like Meadows and Trump. But Judge Stephen Jones is a law and order judge, no nonsense judge, a great draw, not like Judge Eileen Cannon at all. It's not like the case would be removed from the Fulton County District Attorney's Office, it would just go before a federal judge instead of a state court judge. And the state court judge who it was assigned to is a relatively inexperienced state court judge, has been on the bench for about six months, 
has experience as a former prosecutor, but you, you may actually get a more expedited case before Judge Steve Jones if you take the Trump <laughs> so case. What, what, what's the Hail Mary he's trying here? Is it, okay, I don't think I'm going to get a fair shake from his perspective. I don't think I'm going to get a fair shake with a Fulton County grand jury. Maybe I'll, with, with a jury pool, maybe I'll have a better luck with a jury pool in federal court. Is it, maybe I will, <laughs> maybe I'll draw a better judge that's more favorable to me that obviously didn't work out in this case. Yeah. Is that the gamble the that they're taking? Hoping to draw a better judge, number one, but that didn't pay off. So the second level of, I think, a Meadows thinking is the 11th Circuit Court of Appeal is a more right-wing court, more stacked with Trump-appointed judges and George W. Bush judges who would be reviewing decisions made at the district court level. And I think they want to appeal a lot of the issues to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, and they believe they'll have a friendlier bench there. I think that's the play. It also causes delay, but the ultimate play is the 11th Circuit Court of Appeal. I, I have very little doubt about that. But the first one was hoping to get a Trump-appointed judge or a George W. Bush-appointed judge. That didn't happen. Um, but it could cause some delay. But look what Judge Alvin Hellerstein did in federal court in New York when Trump tried to remove the hush money payment case. Hellerstein told the state court judge, Judge Juan Mershon, do not delay. Keep going. Set your trial date, which Judge Mushan did for March 25th. And by the way, it should also be mentioned that this week as well, so many things have happened. But Judge Mushan also rejected Trump's effort to try to disqualify Mershon. And Trump was arguing that Mershon's daughter works for a consulting firm or runs one that represents Democrats that Mershon paid uh, or, it's, or it's always like six degrees of Kevin Bacon with yeah Trump. exactly like, that Mershon donated ten dollars to Biden <laughs> so 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 there's a lot of uh, ties between what's going on and and that's why I think it's helpful when I make the links with the various cases but I'm not worried about the removal motion even if it stays before Judge Steve Jones I still think that's a good court the case would proceed forthwith and mm -hmm. what, what if you have the Meadows case there the Trump case with the other co-defendants in Fulton County, or you know, it, it could be problematic ultimately for Meadows and Trump because you could imagine what if those that case went before Judge Jones, and so all the eighteen other co-defendants who are going to be filing all these other motions, that that could cause delay in Fawny Willis's case. But now, if they're just in federal court, there's none of that other noise taking place, and there's kind of a clear path to a trial date. So ultimately that could backfire. We'll see the different permutations, but that's the analysis that's going to be made. That's the analysis that had been made in federal court already in New York, which rejected Trump's argument. That's the argument that was made in a different issue regarding immunity that Trump tried to assert in the January 6th civil case. You see how it all how it all blends together and you see how beautiful what, the what law is when leave. it you see how beautiful the law is when it works together. Let me show you some of these Trump posts, though, as as promised. This was the uh, one he my started favorite with. Of the day. Yeah. Started with the Wait, Ben, can this I ask you one more thing on Eileen Cannon before we move on from the judges real quick that I want to pick your brain on? I actually haven't seen you have this take yet or at least speak to this because I think it actually might be giving her too much credit. So is the sentiment, should it actually be irony or or incompetence that she's now pushed herself to the bottom of the line as far as these cases of how they go? 
Because in your mind, do you think she could be thinking to herself, hey, this is my out, actually. Like, if I actually have to pres- actually preside over this case and do a, a ruling by the book, I'm going to convict the guy. So I'd rather... I'd rather all this play out, you know, in front of me and have one of these other courts take him down. You know, it's a good it's a good point, but look, I think her corruption is matched by her incompetence and her inexperience. And so I think that's the fortunate thing. So when she tries to assert jurisdiction that she shouldn't, when she makes these orders what's called sua sponte on her own initiative and it's like didn't Fox just make that argument like the day before like some baseless ridiculous conspiracy like you catch her so easily in it. Right. And it's very difficult to try a SEPA case. I mean, the Classified Information Protections Act cases are very, very complicated. And a judge in her position wouldn't first and foremost recuse herself. She's been overruled twice by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeal in a Trump case where she was found to have unlawfully asserted jurisdiction, twice she was found to have done that for the person who appointed her. So she should have recused herself. But if she wasn't going to recuse herself, she should have sought help. And she she's the kind of person who doesn't. And it's clear she doesn't know what she's even doing. Like when she's striking documents filed by Jack Smith, where he's filing documents under seal, that are grand jury documents and documents that relate to SEPA related stuff. It's like, what, what are you doing? Like, she's like, well, I want you to file an extra motion on it. It's like, what, what else do you need to know? It's SEPA, mm-hmm. it's grand jury. <laughs> That's per se, let me file these documents under seal. And then she's inviting briefing on grand jury proceedings still taking place in DC, which necessarily must be secret. So it's just a mess about what's going on. So Jordi, I, I can't tell you that this is part of a grand plan of hers right. to try to delay because it's just done such, it's from a practitioner, it's just so sloppy. And the reality is like, like, look, if you put me to do a SEPA case tomorrow, I'd probably, you know, and I had to oversee a SEPA case, you know, I would want to familiarize myself with the issues and I'd want the way I do right now for the show, I want to speak to all the experts and kind of take in all that knowledge because I'm not a SEPA expert, but there are SEPA experts. She seems intellectually uncurious and also so corrupt that you look at her rulings and then I'm like, what a combo. Look, I was no SEPA expert. But I've been do I've been reading on SEPA because I want to educate the the Midas Mighty and the network about what it is. And it's like, did you not read that? Like it's right there in that <laughs> it's right there. And she doesn't get that. And that's the stuff to me that's like, what are you doing? And then you can say, well, she's corrupt and that's why she's doing it. Yeah, she is, and she makes a lot of corrupt rulings, but it's so obvious to point it out and to get her overturned that it just goes back to backfire against her. So Jordy, I don't know what her plan is, but you know, she's a Trump appointed judge, mm-hmm. right? Like you look at the judge in the Northern District of Texas, for example, right? Judge Kazmarek, who ruled that Mifepristone, which was approved as safe by the FDA in 2000, he basically ruled that the FDA didn't have the authority to do that. Like, like what are you talking about? Like it's proven to be safe. The statute of limitations on that has expired. 
So then he tries to say, oh, well, you know, there was a 2016 revision, which basically expanded the amount of days within which you could take mifepristin. And then there was a 2021 revision, which basically changed the dosage recommendations. And therefore, I'm going to outlaw, outlaw mifepristin. And it's like, okay, well, looking in your background, you were someone who always wanted to control the lives of women and control women's bodies. Like you were the general counsel of those organizations. Then you read the order and you're like, this order just doesn't even make sense. Like it is a disgusting order, but like the statute of limitations expired. Like what are, you, what are we even talking about here? And so I have that reaction very frequently to Trump appointed judges who want to reach a conclusion. They reach the conclusion but also their briefing is ultimately so sloppy. And mm-hmm. that's why I like to point those out in the hot takes as well. I know, look, we said we were going to be talking about these Trump posts. I want to show you what Trump said in the interview. I also want to show you what President Biden is doing, what Governor Shapiro is doing. I want to talk about all of that, but let's can take- we, can we, can we, Before we go to break, can we just show this this one post? Uh, okay. Because okay. I think because, because it's my favorite of the show day. It was it. the- when Trump started, he said, why doesn't Fox and Friends show all the polls where I'm beating Biden by a lot? That's a lie. They just won't do it. This is where it gets good. Also, they purposely show the absolutely worst pictures of me, especially the big orange one with my chin pulled way back. They think they are getting away with something. They're not. Just like 2016 all over again. And then they want to debate. He's like one of the top five funniest tweets. You would think with all that uh, PAC money that's coming in for the lawyers that he gives out, you think he could afford a mirror and see that it's not just the photos, buddy. I mean, this is, I think this was the one that that uh, that, that came on the air. Anyway, and look, I, I don't want to get wait, 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 wait. What poll do you think he's referring to? Cat, cat turds? Cat turd poll. Yeah, the Fruit cat snacks? The cat turd. Oh, yeah. oh, cat turd. It, it is so, 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 so for the, the, totally so deranged. So for those listening, so Donald Trump frequently reposts polls from one of the leaders it's, it's in the modern we, day it, Republican Party. we don't party. explain it. Yeah, the, the modern day Republican Party, one of their leaders is a social media account called Cat Turd. And Cat Turd uh, is someone who Don Jr. has on his podcast frequently. Cat Turd is very influential in the MAGA Republican world. And Donald Trump reposts the social media polls that Cat Turd takes on Trump's social media platform and goes, see, that's the Cat Turd poll. I was on Political Beatdown earlier with Cohen and I was like, do we realize the insanity of this? Like, <laughs> could you imagine like if President Biden like reposted the like, puppy poopy poll and it was like here is the poll by the puppy poopy account and it's like okay like what are we, what are we even talking about i was like or the the he, he, here we've got poll. this breaking news from ferret feces everybody and it's like you can't normalize this be like like this behavior is so bizarre i think the american people are getting it though because in the, the the real polls the ap poll Associated Press reveals that 64% definitely or probably will never back Donald Trump if he's the Republican nominee in 2024. Only 35% of Americans have a favor 
uh, view of favorable view of Donald Trump, 62% unfavorable. That's like the highest unfavorables basically um, that, that like have ever existed. I, 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 and I think that poll is understating it and we can't get complacent with these polls. I, I really do see a shift taking place. And I think there are a lot of independents and people not affiliated with political parties who even sometimes maybe used to vote for a Republican, you know, go, you know what, this current Republican party is a nightmare. Like they are just a bunch of lunatics and they're very dangerous people and they're not talking about ideas. And I'm looking for government that actually provides solutions and do the Democrats get it right all of the time? No. You know, does do I disagree with the Democrats a lot? Yes, I disagree with them. You know, not not infrequently, but um, not frequently, you know, but 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 ultimately, I think um you know, they're serious people. I think um, they're doing their best to try to solve problems. And they're focused on issues like jobs and the economy and working conditions and healthcare and prescription drug prices and social security and veterans issues and issues for students and making sure women can control their bodies and focused on equality and focused on the environment. They're, they're talking about issues that, 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 that actually matter to the American people, not ranting and raving like Donald Trump does on a social media platform. We'll talk about that and more when we come back after this quick break. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend that you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at that perfect temperature all night long. Now, using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at that perfect temperature all night so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than the bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash Midas to try Miracle Made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo code Midas at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Midas and use the code Midas to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Midas to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this. Welcome back. We Let's are go. live. Thank you. Thank you to our sponsors. Love our sponsors and make sure you check them out as well in the descriptions below. Um, Just one click of- away. Just one click will click away. That, that's also why it's one of the ways we support this network as well. And thank you for everybody who's becoming members of our YouTube channel, members at our Patreon. There's separate memberships. There's patreon.com slash Midas Touch, where we actually do an after show as well. It's a new feature that we do after our podcast. If we missed anything, we do the after show that's exclusive to Patreon. So if you want to see the after show, 
go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. And then here on our YouTube page, become a member and you can gift memberships to other people. You can request to receive memberships as gifts. And just so you see, like, where does that go to? Like, we've been able to build MidasTouch.com without any investors in Midas Touch. Think about that. We've built this with zero investors, just a brick by brick um, bootstrap in this whole operation because of the support of the community. And we've been able to bring in the top editors. That's through the memberships that we're able to expand like that. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And we will continue to grow. And I don't really want any outside investors telling me what to do. That is for sure. You see all these media companies that do that. I think it's a big big mistake, but that's just me talking. Okay. Um, so here's some of the other just kind of deranged posts, just so you see what Donald Trump's making. We'll get to uh, Larry Kudlaw, Kudlaw in a, in a moment. Um, so Donald Trump reposts this account from Paul Sperry, this kind of right-wing commentator, and saying, abusing RICO enforcement could backfire on Dems. A second Trump administration, GOP administration, could charge Willis, Bragg, Smith, Garland, and Biden with conspiring to sideline Trump with vexatious prosecutions and other overt acts of racketeering. All their comms would be subject to subpoenas and warrants. I can't even tell you as a lawyer how batshit crazy that statement. Like It is like the craziest statement you can possibly make at, at, at every single level. There's absolutely zero, zero chance based on criminally investigating an individual where, remember, it is a grand jury that ultimately does the indicting. It is Donald Trump's peers that hear the evidence and they vote to indict. And then Donald Trump prosecuting people for prosecuting his crimes? What are you even talking about? And then Donald Trump reposts that. Like, that's in Donald Trump's world, that's a thing. That That is mm-hmm. not a thing. It doesn't exist. It can never happen. But again, that shows you Donald Trump just trying to tear apart our legal system. And then Donald Trump reposts Marjorie Taylor Greene, where Marjorie Taylor Greene calls Bill Barr a traitor. This is what Marjorie Taylor Greene writes. And this is a Donald Trump repost. She goes, Bill Barr is a traitor. I'm glad he was fired. He wasn't fired. Barr had the FBI FD 1023 form from the informant telling Joe Biden took a $5 million bribe while VP from the oligarch who owned Barisma. The form is dated 6-30-2020. Barr could have prosecuted Joe Biden and stopped him from ever becoming president, essentially stopping a stolen election. Barr did nothing with the FBI 1023 form and information that the FBI paid $200,000 for. He gave it to David Weiss and they buried the truth. They buried it together. The Trump appointed prosecutor. David Weiss and the Trump-appointed attorney general. You see, that's what happened. The Trump-appointed AG, Bill Barr, who covered up all of Donald Trump's other crimes, who appointed a special counsel to go after Donald Trump's enemies, Durham. See, Bill Barr actually, I don't know if you know this, Brett and Jordy and the Midas Mighty, he worked in MAGA world with David Weiss. 
the Trump-appointed top federal prosecutor in Delaware, who Trump appointed, and they conspired. Why? Wow. Because they mm. were being controlled by Hunter Biden and Barisma oh, and, he, and okay. his nudie photos. That's what. That's what was that, going. That on. makes sense. You know what I think is telling Ben that she only posted that message specifically on Donald Trump's social media app, and she didn't post it on any of her other social media apps, showing you that that is purely for an audience of one. But you'd think Ben, with all these legal troubles, you'd think Donald Trump would be, you know, concerned about that, and you know the the some of the important uh, you know issues, the the real serious consequences that he's finally being faced with. So I was curious as to what he was going to speak about when he was on Fox Business right. Channel today with Larry Kudlow. Like, is he going right. to talk about his case? Probably not a good idea for him to be doing interviews in general, but perhaps he'd talk about the issues that matter and and brothers, Larry Kudlow at Fox, who was in the Trump administration to show yeah. you how this propaganda network works. T tough interview with uh, <laughs> Larry Kudlow. Uh, Larry Kudlow, uh, you know, he promised, I'm going to read you the Chiron right now and, and let me know if, uh, you know, Know, this makes sense to you. It makes sense to Fox viewers, I guess. The Chiron says Trump running issues oriented campaign for 2024 issues oriented like all the posts we just read to you issues oriented. So what were the actual issues that he was talking about during this interview? Ben, what, what was on his mind? You know, I'm trying to think, like, what are the big issues that the Republicans are really focused on? I mean, it could be Mr. Potato Head. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Mr. Potato Head. Um, it could, yeah. could be the green M&M. That's an not important sex, one. The green M&M is very important. Don't, the Barbie movie is yeah. a communist plot to take over the United States of America. Ben Shapiro still says it's going to flop. I don't know how Bar that Bar Barbie movie, be, yeah. Barbie movie, Ben flop, Shapiro still thinks it's going to flop. Still gonna flop in two weeks. <laughs> Bud Light bath, Bud Light bath, ba something about drinking beer in Bud Light bathrooms. Um, I know that they really you're close. Care. You're you're close. You're, you're getting closer. You're, you're warmer, warmer, okay, warmer. Uh, dishwashers, just water pressure, water oh, pressure. That's a good one. Stoves. Water pressure. Yes. Stoves, water pressure. Yes. Water <laughs> pressure. It seems like the entire Larry Kudlow interview with Donald water Trump pressure. was focused on water pressure. And we'll play you some of the, yeah. like he kept coming back to like, could, could somebody buy this guy a freaking new shower faucet or get him a plumber or something? Like you'd think, you'd think somebody might be able to help with this issue. He's been speaking about it for years, but he goes on the Larry Kudlow show and there was one moment that we'll start with where he just almost like, he didn't even know his train of thought. He was just kind of short circuiting here. He was trying to say something about water pressure and gas stoves. And I, I, I don't even know if he knew where he was going with this, but we'll play this first clip. Uh, you'll be able to buy an electric car, but you're going to be able to buy every form of car that's made. You've got to have choice. Like in school, we want school choice. We want, we want choice for buying cars mm -hmm. and washing machines mm -hmm. and dry all of this stuff i mean the dishwashers they were telling me you have to run it five times because it hasn't got enough water so what they do on 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 they end up using more water i mean the whole thing is crazy I'll do my mark levin impression just because people want me to do it <laughs> you sir are the most brilliant man i have ever interviewed that, that is brilliant water pressure Something you said about cars. You are so fascinating. You, you, you're brilliant. Kudlow basically said that to him, though, during the piece. Let me play you the part where Kudlow like, is just like, 
You know, he, he talks about uh, Just watch it. Just watch I, it. I just refer to it as the R of the deal. And I remember when you appointed me to the NEC and we talked about all this and you said, well, you said to me, I'm a better negotiator than you are. And you were quite right. Absolutely. Did um, I say that? I don't think I. Hey, I'm not sure that I said that. You did. And I, took I, it well. I consider you to I, be. I, I took I, it well. Look, we were in the locker room together, and then you told me, show me yours, and then I said, I'll show you mine. Remember, and then we compared whose was bigger. You remember? I'm not sure if I actually, do you remember we, we compared, and then you said that yours was bigger because, I mean, this is some of the most ridiculous. For, for the audio listeners only, too, Kudlow's holding about 600 papers in his hands. Why, why is he and, so and all they're papers? talking about is freaking water pressure, like the entire interview here's another clip. topic here's another clip still talking about water pressure and they're taking our appliances away well they're they're taking our sh showers thing. heaters yeah. I, it's it's all in the name of climate change yeah which... so you remember when we were having a discussion about it they sell if you buy a new house you have water that doesn't even come out even if you're in an area that most of the country has plenty of water called rain from heaven you know it comes right from heaven beautiful rain you don't know what to do some places have so much you don't know what to do and yet they have restrictors on the showers mm -hmm. and the sinks mm -hmm. and on washing machines where they don't give enough any water they're giving like this much water they show me in a glass they would come to complain about it and i totally freed it up washing machines dishwashers dishwashers they give you this much water mm -hmm. and the guy's explaining it from different companies in ohio which have become very successful because of what we did. We're going to talk about water, though. I, 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 I'm happy to have a serious conversation, like why the Republicans in Arizona, while there is a drought, gave a sweetheart deal to give critical water infrastructure to the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, the same Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund that gave Jared Kushner $2 billion, even though even though Kushner was not a hedge fund manager or wealth manager at all. I, I want to know why Republican states are giving away the water of the people to, and, to corporations and specifically to foreign countries. Maybe we should talk about that type of corruption that MAGA Republicans are engaged in. I'm talking about sweetheart deals as well. I guess because when the MAGA Republicans leave government, they want they, they want a Kushner. That's what it's called now. When you leave government and the Saudis give you some money, it's called a Kushner. They want that Kushner. Yeah, it's like landing on a Kush. All right, Brett, I can't, yeah. um, I, I, yeah. as much as I want to watch more of Donald Trump talking I, about- I, I, I kid you not, I have about 12 more clips I could run through of Donald Trump talking about shower heads and water pressure during this interview. And by the, by the way, very rough segment for us to do on this show as three New Yorkers. The New York accent's going to be just coming out when we say water. water. I'm going to get a lot of comments. You know, what we get, you know what we get hit on too? Mario. Apparently it's Mario. Yeah, no, I want to let you guys yeah, know. No, it, it absolutely like is Mario. Mario. I, yeah. Anyway, I, before we move on, I just want to also show you how Fox deceives its viewers quickly because I, I mentioned early on that Fox is built entirely on lies and deception. And I want to move on to some good news. I want to move on to some of the things that Biden is saying what Biden is doing. I want to move on to some of the things the great governors, the Democratic governors um, are doing throughout the country. But I think it's incredibly important first 
that I show you this because this is how Fox manipulates its viewers. During that Trump interview, which was on the Fox Business Channel, mind you, like all day, they just have the looniest like, people check that for like financial news. And you turn it on, you have Maria Bartiromo spreading Hunter Biden conspiracy theories. You have yeah, Larry Maria Kudlow. Bartiromo is a good impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's got to just come naturally, though. Okay. You know, the Maria. I've uh, never heard Brett's Maria impression. Oh, you you might have been off, but I went I went crazy yeah, on, Red, on Red Maria. Really did the Maria great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But but let me show you this graphic. So Bold. they put up this graphic during the Trump interview. It says Bidenomics bust versus Trump boom. It compares jobs created in the first. I want to focus on these first two because this is really where the the deception lies. Jobs created in the first 30 months. They put Biden at 2.1 million. They put Trump at 4.9 million. Manufacturing jobs, they put Biden at 204K. They put Trump as 454K. Then they have a little asterisk at the very bottom. Always read the fine print, right? The fine print says that in their data, they have excluded all of the numbers that all of the jobs that Trump lost when he mishandled COVID. And they also did not count any of the jobs that Biden gained after COVID due to his recovery of COVID. So they basically made this chart by taking away the jobs that Trump lost and then taking away the jobs that Biden gained. And they made this comparison saying that the Trump economy is better than the Biden economy. This is just how they manipulate their people. It's the most disingenuous chart that I've ever seen. I mean, Trump's actually the only president, let's get it straight, since the Great Depression to leave office losing jobs, to leave office with fewer jobs than he began his term. And Fox has the nerve to gaslight their viewers. If I were a viewer of Fox, and I can't even imagine that, but if I were a genuine viewer of Fox, I'd be like offended. I'd be offended that they treat me like I'm so stupid. But I guess the viewers there just, I don't, I don't know, they want to be lied to. Like, And the way people treat Trump, like, like, like as Chris Christie says, it's like, stop treating this guy like he's a baby. Like, like mm -hmm. this person has control over people's lives, had control over people's lives. Stop treating him like he's just like a baby child, like the way he mishandled COVID, right? There were a lot of potential, very deadly viruses, potentials for real serious disasters a ton of times during the Obama administration. America always led with science. America always led with truth. America always led internationally in all of the things that we do. And we've always reacted in the past really expeditiously leading international coalitions. Donald Trump completely failed to do any of that at all. His mishandling is part of his legacy. You don't get an asterisk like that didn't happen under like that didn't happen under you. And, and, and the way they just baby this freaking man baby is, is just, again, you, you, you remove, and it's like, okay, remove the fact that he's a traitor, malignant, narcissistic, sociopathic, misogynistic criminal. Like how do you remove all of those things? But just yeah. like, but just like if you put that off the top for a second, which we should, but just put it for a second, like just the freaking whiny baby behavior, like who looks at a man behaving like a baby, a whining, and goes, 
you know what? That's that's the guy I want to be my the him. And he goes, give him the, me, give me. him the codes. It, 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 it is like anyway, Brett. Give us some good president. All right. And, one anyway, sec. Wait one sec. One, sorry. On, on that note, Ben. <laughs> it, 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 to your point, though, it's because they're scared of that toddler reaction and that toddler outburst that he's going to then turn around and call him a name. And I wanted to say this when we were touched on the uh, Trump being mad at Fox for showing the ugly photos of him looking orange and uh, overweight. <laughs> the real reason uh, he's mad he bet, at that, if you actually, he better not check our channel. <laughs> If you, if you peel back the layers of why he's actually mad at them showing that photo of him, it's because his consistent dig at Chris Christie is to fat shame Chris Christie. And he understands that if Fox News continues to show these unpleasant looking photos of him, it takes away from his barbs at Christie and, and sort of takes the air out of his words over there. He's also just a very fragile. Uh, oh, incredibly, human incredibly. Being, right? But, you know, what, what, what are you going to do? It's honestly what a lot of these people are doing. And I think even a lot of the people at Fox, I think a lot of people in the Republican Party, and we really don't have to dive into it too deep, but like DeSantis' debate strategy leaked today and his whole thing was like, if Chris Christie takes shots at Trump and, you know, he's not going to be there to defend him, you need to be the one, DeSantis, to defend him. Like what his strategy firm- Calling like, it a strategy is so kind. At, at his at his super PAC, because they're not allowed to coordinate. So here's what they do. The strategy firm that the super PAC hires, they make a website that just so happens that the DeSantis campaign will stumble upon. It's a sec- it's a link, right? It's a public link, but it's a it's a confusing URL address. And through mm-hmm. the wind, at some point, some somehow, some way, uh, the DeSantis campaign is able to find out about this link, and they're able to see the data, and they're able to figure out the strategy from the super PAC, even though they're not actually allowed to coordinate. That's how they get around those rules. Um, but in that, one of the things was defend Trump. Christie's going to go after Trump, defend Trump. And then it was, okay, Vivek Ramaswamy, you need to attack Vivek. You need to call him Vivek the fake. People get paid for this shit. I mean, it's like these, these were his top lines. They had like four bullets and those were two of the four main bullets of the strategy. But what you, when you read between the lines of that strategy memo, yes, it's pathetic. You're going to just go to a debate to defend Donald Trump. Okay, but there's something deeper at play there, and there's something deeper at play going on with all of these politicians, with Fox News, in that secretly a lot of these people are hoping that the court system takes care of Donald Trump. They're hoping that they could then swoop in and be the savior, be the number two who comes on in and goes, look, I was nice to Donald Trump. So all those followers, all those followers, you come to me now. And it's just not going to work. Trump is a singular figure. There's really nobody like him. There's no cult-like figure. Then brings out his his very adorable dog. What a, what a cutie. Um, but they don't realize that there is no hope for them in that lane. But you know, aside from maybe like four four Republicans or something, like aside from the craziest of the craziest, like a Marjorie Taylor Greene and a few others, they all are secretly hoping that Donald Trump goes to prison and then they could just claim that MAGA mantle and the base. That's all I want to say about that. Anyway, let's go get to, let's get to some normalcy and Jordy, let's work our way in the States and then we'll get to federal. And I I figured you could break us down with some of the exciting news that's going on right now in your home Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We've had Governor Josh Shapiro on the show, who's always told us his audacious plans for the state, has some really big ideas, and these are being implemented. Jordy, give us a a brief rundown of, of some of the new ones. 
Yeah, man, Shapiro, Shapiro is kicking butt. Absolutely. So, so Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro, he signed a bill that included funding for breakfast at all Pennsylvania public schools. So when you actually peel back the layers of this, the 2023-2024 budget, this includes a $46.5 million increase in funding to provide universal free breakfast to our public school students, regardless of income, and free lunch to students who are also eligible for reduced price lunches. Now, this follows similar initiatives of democratically run states across the country that I think many people on this show have heard about. But here in Pennsylvania, the great commonwealth, that means 1.7 million kids in Pennsylvania will now be guaranteed breakfast at school. And the bill signed by Shapiro also includes a $567 million increase in education funding. That's what that's what Shapiro's doing here for the great commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And look, man, I talk to folks out here all the time Republican, Democrat, people who are you know, disaffected Republicans at this point, people who still consider themselves part of the party. And they look at Shapiro and they don't have a bad thing to say about the guy. I mean, just look at his track record. You know, he, he's endorsed by pro-union groups across the Commonwealth. He's endorsed by the fire departments. He was endorsed by Philadelphia's police union. When the I-95 went down in Philly, he had that thing back up and running in 12 days. Like, it's no wonder that he just wiped the floor with Max Serrano when they ran against each other for governor. And thank goodness he did wipe the floor with him because we've seen some really awesome stuff come out of that election. Shout out Josh Shapiro. And I think we have the video, Brett, of the signing, if we want to play that right now. Let's just, just show you, because you're so used to seeing these like MAGA Republican governors where they're signing uh, bills into law, where like they're the taking- they're taking away people's freedoms. They're burning books. And it just looks like it just like looks evil too, right? Like it looks super angry. And so, like, let's show the contrast here and show Governor Shapiro of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania signing this into law. You know how in school we learn about how a bill becomes a law, right? How people in the House and Senate vote for it, and then the governor gets to sign it. So that's kind of what we're doing here today. They just put the bill on a on a breakfast tray, which is kind of cool, right? And so we got all these people who are working hard for you every day, who care a lot about you. And when I sign this with this pen, it's going to mean that your school, your teachers, your people working in the cafeteria can give you breakfast in the morning. Does that sound great? Yes. Yeah. 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 Wait. If, if you keep telling me to wait, I can't sign it. We can't get breakfast. Can I do that real quick? Yes. Okay. You ready, Morgan? All right. Here we go. So this is House Bill 611, right? See that? And these are all the words that basically say you get free breakfast. Sound good? All right. I'll take this fancy pen over here. Here we go. Ready, guys? Yeah! All right. Here we go. There we go. Good now job. it's law. And here's the thing. Morgan, I'm going to give you this pen. Any piece of paper you sign now becomes law, okay? You know, the media spends so much time and effort normalizing hate, normalizing meanness, right? And I just think it's so important that we use our network to normalize compassion, to normalize treating human beings and children respectfully, compassionately, with integrity. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's not a great soundbite. Who, who knows? But that's what we should be showing. And we should be showing the contrast. But 
one of the things I love so much about this network, which is really more than a network, it's a community that you all in the Midas Mighty created, is that there are so many communities that are built around like anger and negativity, right? And like a common enemy or things like that. But the Midas Mighty community at its core is built around compassion, is built around integrity, is built around intelligence, and built around the support of our democracy. And for all of us here to spread positivity and to be messengers of that and just to do our small part each and every day, I think goes a long way into really fixing some of the issues that exist on a day-to-day basis. And as I've always said, you know, kindness, compassion, integrity, that shouldn't have a political ideology. That, that should just be, we as Americans all want to aspire to those values and to make sure that we represent those values. And um, again, that's one of the things I, I, I fundamentally think most importantly when someone's like, tell me what this Midas Mighty movement's about. I'm like, we're about normalcy. We're about compassion. We're about intelligence. We're about democracy. And Brett, speaking of those qualities, maybe talk about what President Biden's been up to. Yeah, well, Wednesday was the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act, and quite a year it's been since the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. President Biden held a ceremony in the East Room of the White House Wednesday to commemorate the anniversary of the passage of the act, and he was highlighting a lot of the progress that we have made on the economy. I think, uh, you know, making sure that people are aware of the accomplishments, something that I think for far too long, uh, Democrats have kind of almost been afraid to do afraid to, you know, afraid that they would be considering like like they were spiking the football or something. But President Biden came out, he gave some of the statistics, and I'll give you some of them here. Inflation has fallen 8.3% to 3.2% in the year since the Inflation Reduction Act was signed. Uh, Major portions of this law have now paved the way for this new clean energy economy. This clean energy economy was a major push of the IRA, or honestly, revolutionary, and I think something that will have such a large impact for decades and decades. And investments in clean energy and climate since it was signed into law have already uh, created more than 170,000 jobs and it's projected to create 1.4 million additional jobs in the next decade. And that's not even the White House saying it, that's third party analysts who are looking at the law and are acknowledging that it is going to lead to this burgeoning green energy economy. It's also uh, sets a goal of reducing emissions by 50 to 52 percent below 2005 levels by the year 2030. It also helps cut costs and prescription drug costs. It caps insulin costs at $35 a month um, for a month supply for 4 million seniors and other Medicare beneficiaries. And it caps out-of-pocket drug costs at $2,000 per year for Medicare beneficiaries. That is expected to save nearly 19 million seniors, an average of $400 per year when that provision goes into effect in 2026. So you got things that are staggered that still aren't even going to hit from this law until next year, the year after, that are going to improve people's lives. This is all big news. I'll play you a couple clips uh, from Biden. Uh, First, Biden talking about inflation dropping in the past year. We have more to do, but inflation is now the lowest point it's been in two years. When the Inflation Reduction Act was passed a year ago today, 
Inflation was, as it pointed out by Chuck or Nancy, I can't remember which one, 8.3 percent. It's now down to 3.2 percent, the lowest among. And it's going to go lower. But here's the point. It's lowest among the world's leading economies. Take every major economy in the world. We have the lowest inflation rate. At the same time, wages are growing faster than inflation. This matters. Then Biden, uh, you know, acknowledged that all these Republicans out there, they keep trying to repeal portions of the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, keep trying to repeal the entire act. Yet a lot of these same Republicans seem to be trying to take credit for what's actually in the bill, as they always do. Here's Biden on that. In fact, Republicans have repeatedly tried to repeal key parts of the Inflation Reduction Act, including the Speaker of the House now taking credit for the billions of dollars in private investments and thousands of jobs coming into their states. That's okay. I ran for president, and I said I represent all Americans. And like I said in the State of the Union, I'll see you at the groundbreaking. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? <laughs> you know I'm not. He is not kidding. And then I'll, I'll finish it up right here with uh, another good moment from uh, this speech where Biden threw a little bit of shade at Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. Uh, Ron Johnson has been leading the charge against the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. So Biden got a good little dig in at Ron Johnson here. Just yesterday I was in Wisconsin at a, at a company that makes clean energy equipment, including wind turbines. Because the Inflation Reduction Act, they expect their market and American-made wind turbine generators to double next year. And by the way, the guy who was the most ardent opponent of all this was talking about what great benefits are coming to Wisconsin. <laughs> Bless me, Father. I, uh, I'm going to be a good boy. I'm going to keep the Irish in me down a little bit here. <laughs> and when you watch those clips and watch the clips that, you know, we were playing earlier on the show or, or listen to them, I mean, the contrast is always so clear. And I always joke on the show that, like, don't you feel the whiplash of the crazy versus the normalcy? It really is like we are living in two entirely different planets, universes, galaxies. I don't even know what you want to consider it. It's just so, such a bizarre time right now. But I think the choice is absolutely clear of what we want to fight for that I think, honestly, we should all be fighting for as uh, as Americans. I mean, it's not woke to want kids to be able to eat school lunch. Okay, that's that's something that is is actually a good thing. Okay, when when kids are able to eat, I'm I'm for that. And I think we could sum this all up with this uh, you know great meme I saw that was posted by Democratic uh, Congressman uh, Bill Pascrell. Um, and he, on the top, he showed uh, Governor Josh Shapiro signing the uh, bill into law to give uh, universal school meals to students. And on the bottom, he showed Sarah Huckabee Sanders, a Republican Arkansas governor, signing her bill to loosen child labor laws so that young kids can work in factories. And he wrote, Democrats, enjoy the free school breakfast, kids. Republicans, get to work, kids. And I think that right there really shows the contrast in what this country is right now, this this current moment in time. And that's why we are all doing what we are doing, because we want to bring back that normalcy across the country. We want to help others. That's what it is all about.
Ben. We're so grateful for all of you being a part of that. Now with MidasTouch.com, you can be a part of that conversation throughout the day, not just when we have new videos and live simulcasts up. You go to MidasTouch.com, you'll see all of the breaking news. We've been working so hard on the launch of that website, and it's one of the things that I'm just so super proud of because, again, I think it filled the need. There just wasn't anything like that. Like no one was just talking about these stories. Like we're not duplicative of the types of stories. We're not an aggregator. It's not the same stories that you see over and over again with the kind of both sides stuff. It's told through our unapologetically pro-democracy lens. I think we have fearless editors and writers who just call it like it is. They call balls and strikes, or in the case of Donald Trump, no balls at all. Um, but we will continue to build, you get it? We will continue to build MidasTouch.com up. And we thank everybody for supporting the community um, and supporting this whole network to allow us to build that out. Like, so excited to welcome Ron Filipkowski as our editor-in-chief. We also have the famous ASIN as our digital researcher. Let's go. Asin, who does all of those great clips on Twitter and social media that's used by all of the media companies. ASIN is a digital editor. Editor. We've got Troy Matthews as a great writer and a whole host of other great writers who are working. We're going to, of course, be expanding that team. And it was a great write-up in Politico on Ron Filipkowski. Um, and again, so honored to be working with him, so honored to have him as our editor-in-chief. Make sure you make MidasTouch.com your homepage. It's easy to share MidasTouch.com with friends, family, coworkers, and colleagues, just like it's easy to share our YouTube page. And do me a favor, make sure you're subscribed, not just to the Midas Touch YouTube channel, but subscribe wherever you get audio podcasts. Just search Midas Touch Podcast, hit the subscribe button. Take you 30 seconds to do that and leave a five-star review. Super simple to do, and it really helps us out. It helps us rise in the algorithm and it helps us get more attention to the community, to the work that we are all doing, that you are all doing in the Midas Mighty community. I want to thank you all from the bottom of all of our hearts. All of our contributors here are so grateful for the support of the Midas Mighty community, this compassionate, intelligent, pro-democracy community. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're gonna record the after show right now, and if you want access to the after show where we reflect on the show, do we do a good show? Could we have done a little better? What were any topics that we missed? We talk about that on patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. So join the conversation now at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Technically, it'll be posted in a little bit. We have to like record it and then post it. So then, it'll be, <laughs> then, 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 then it'll be posted. <laughs> but thank you all so much. We'll see you next time on the Midas Touch podcast. And, uh, Let's start recording. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get busy. I got a lot of work I gotta do. I gotta do a lot more recording. The doggy say goodbye. Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. The Midas Mighty standing strong against the fascists. We sing our song.
At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.